Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with some local farmers and find out how seeding is coming along. Up first in today's country comment, Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada will stop by to touch on canola seeding. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada to give us an update on canola seeding in Manitoba. Manitoba Agriculture released uh, their crop report yesterday. Um, so across the province, they're kind of reporting for canola to be in that kind of 50 to 70 percent done range. Um, and I'm kind of swaying those numbers a little bit because the, the northwest corner where bulk of our canola acres in, they're around that kind of 40, 50 mark. Um, so they're typically a little further behind than the rest of the province, but um, they are getting those canola acres in where, you know, the south region and the east region, they're sitting up over that 75 to if not 80 percent done. So, um, so things are moving smoothly. We are, you know, in, just getting into that third week into May. So that is kind of the average. Um, we typically see this. So um, the, the dry conditions um, aren't holding people back and then they are able to get their canola acres in. The heat here over the past uh, week or so, I guess, was was that really needed to kind of get things going? or? You know, it definitely was needed to warm up our soil temperatures. Um, I was always quite shocked looking this spring, uh, you know, the first kind of week of May and how cool soil temperature soil temperatures still were. Um, so they have uh, definitely increased since then. So that's what the warm temperatures have done. Uh, thankfully, a lot of our canola is still in the ground. It hasn't come up yet. Um, just with the dry conditions and with that heat, that was going to cause some additional stress to plants. So it's kind of nice that the seeds were in the ground. Hopefully, they're going to get some moisture here over the next few days. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll likely start seeing a bunch of uh, acre, canola acres start to emerge. You mentioned the dry soils. You know, were, were farmers going down a little deeper to try to get to some of that moisture? Or? You know what, um, with, with a lot of these acres that were kind of earlier seeded, uh, producers were sticking to that recommendation of, of a half an inch to an inch being that ideal seeding depth for canola. Um, as we kind of got later on, there's been a few starting to push that, trying to hit that moisture level. Um, you know, in, in my area, I'm out at the kind of the, the western half of the province, Verdon area, you know, growers were getting down into that inch to inch and a half. Um, which with these really warm soil temperatures, that's okay. If you can just get that canola on top of that moisture, that should allow for, for germination to occur. And been hearing some reports of um, flea beetles. Um, how, how's that looking? Yeah, you know, it is, it's never too early to talk about flea beetles. Um, right? They have been up and, and around for quite a few weeks now, just with the warmer temperatures we've been having. Um, so they're, they're looking for that food source. So that's something just, you know, especially on those earlier seeded crops to make sure that we're scouting them, even though we're seeding and, you know, getting spraying applications down. Uh, it's still really, really important to be to monitoring those crops because um, that's where our little you know, oopsie daisies occur, where we haven't been watching a uh, canola crop come up into the ground. And those early seeded ones, uh, the flea beetles will be on there because they're, they're hungry. They're ready to eat. How important is it for, for the crop to get some rain at this point? Yeah, you know, we, we're dry. Um, there's there's no question about that. And we've been dry all spring. Um, so this moisture is, is kind of hitting it timely. People have been able to have a, a fairly smooth, um, you know, seeding season, you know, not many weather delays. 
So to get this kind of shot of rain, it's, it's really going to help things bring it, bring them up and out of the ground, and, and we've got some warm temperatures there. Um, the rain, however, might be snow in areas. So that's one thing we are watching, and, and especially with any of these crops that have emerged, um, they might be at that potential for, for a frost event. So same, it's just something that's on our radar and that we're aware about, and, and growers will have to be scouting those crops that have emerged a few days afterwards to see if there was any damage. Anything else to uh, highlight? No, I just scouting, I guess, is the really the big part right now. Um, because all of our air acres are in, a lot of them are going to come up at the same time. So just being out there and, and scouting, having a looking at plant stands, um, seeing you know, what your numbers are and then seeing if sleepies uh, are going to be an issue or not. That was Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. This week's crop report lists total seeding progress in Manitoba at 76% complete, on par with the four-year average. Warmer conditions towards the end of last week spurred seeding in more frost-sensitive crops with large numbers of canola and soybean crops planted. Lack of rainfall has many farmers concerned for germination and timely emergence since seedbed conditions are rapidly drying. Hay and pasture growth continues to be delayed. Seedbed soil moisture is dry to very dry in all of Agro-Manitoba and may be higher at depths. The Canadian Drought Monitor has classified much of Agro-Manitoba in a severe to extreme drought as of April 30th. The chair for the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef is pleased to see Walmart Canada now sourcing beef from certified sustainable farms and ranches. And Wasco says it's a big move for the industry to have Walmart as the first retailer in Canada to offer on-pack certified sustainable claims on a line of beef products. And anytime you're getting these, these large uh, companies that have the kind of breadth you know, nationally and internationally of, uh, of big corporations like um, Walmart in this case, or when we, when we launched a food service with McDonald's several years ago, um, you, you get some, some big carry uh, in terms of uh, what that means, you know, across, across the entire uh, consumer base, you know, both here and abroad. And Pulse Canada is hoping to see India reduce some of its tariffs related to lentils, Jeff English, Vice President of Marketing and Communications, commented on the situation. We've continued to see a strong demand, and, and certainly industry would, would back this up. It, obviously, the attention of, of a lot of people has been focused on, on places outside of agriculture, per se, certainly with respect to the COVID-19 pandemic. But we've seen demand continue to be strong. And certainly, when you take a look at kind of um, crop forecasts as they take the crop off in India, and in terms of what, if any, shortfalls they can be expecting, we expect demand to remain strong. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, May 19th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Bossler gives us an insect update from Saskatchewan. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talks with Saskatchewan's insect and pest management specialist, Dr. James Tanzi. What are some insect issues that producers should really be on the lookout for right now? What are you hearing? I think, uh, yeah, primarily, I think with the hot, dry weather, although we are set to get cold uh, uh, this uh, this uh, in the next week, uh, obviously flea beetles and canola. So Philatreta species flea beetles, that is the striped flea beetle uh, and the crucifer flea beetle, uh, they like it warm and dry, and they can uh, do a lot of uh, a lot of damage in a very short time. 
so once that crop starts to come up, uh, I think it's really important for uh, for growers and agronomists to keep an eye out for those ones. That extends into uh, into Alberta as well. Um, last I heard in southern Alberta, the uh, the um, uh, the flea beetles are up, and it sounds like some of the crops are starting to come up, but I haven't heard any major reports of damage yet. In the Saskatoon area, striped flea beetle has been up for some time now, some weeks. Uh, an important consideration for this, though, is that uh, they, don't all, they don't all pop up at the same time. Uh, so you've got uh, a relatively protracted emergence period, so they, they'll, they'll peak you know, mid-May, so right about now towards the end of May, uh, and uh, that's the striped flea beetle, and they, they come up a little bit earlier than the cruciferous flea beetle, usually at, you know, at least a couple of weeks earlier, usually peak a couple of weeks earlier. Uh, so the south in the Saskatchewan, you know, Regina area and south is still dominated by the cruciferous flea beetle. Parts north are dominated by the striped flea beetle. So uh, damage is, is pretty much equivalent, although there is there, there is uh, some indication that striped flea beetles can be slightly more damaging. Um, but, uh, yeah, of course, the, the consideration is that that emergence can be really drawn out. They're going to hunker down on, on brassicaceous weeds, and they can stay there for a long time. Uh, and the adults of uh, flea beetles can live for months. So, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll be around for a while and, uh, and just waiting for those crops to come out. Have you heard of any big issues as of yet? Not yet. No, it's, uh, I'm still seeing a lot of seeding down here. So, uh, I know seeding has progressed a little bit faster in other parts of the province, uh, but uh, uh, I have heard no uh, major issues with flea beetles as of yet. But they can do a lot of damage in that crop. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I think even with seed dressings, because the, uh, you know, the seed dressing, of course, they're, they're systemic. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're going to be influenced by, uh, you know, by the ambient moisture conditions and their ability to, to draw that uh, that insecticide into the plant tissue is going to be influenced by moisture conditions. But even under ideal conditions, the uh, the uh, the flea beetles are going to munch on those plants a little bit, uh, and they need to to get a to get a dose of the poison, right? So uh, so if it, it's a bit of a numbers game. If there's lots of flea beetles, they can do a lot of damage. You know, if they're you know they're they're showing up and and feeding and 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 being dissuaded or killed. Uh, and they're just lined up behind them, uh, then you could still see an you know, accumulation of a fair bit of damage. Other key insect issues producers should be aware of now? Yeah, one, one that, uh, that uh, because it is warm and dry too, both redback and pale western cutworm uh, like, like conditions that are dry. So it's, I think it's important for growers and, uh, and uh, scouts to keep an eye out for those ones. Uh, so look for, uh, look for areas of, of clearing in fields. Uh, areas with uh, with uh, plants cut off, you know, growing growing bare patches, and uh, and sample around the edges of those bare patches to determine if it is in fact uh, uh, cutworms that are causing that damage. And there there are a number of control products we can use. I've been talking with provincial insect and pest management specialist Dr. James Tansey for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. Joining us now is Shane Hederson with Clean Farms to give us an update on what's happening in Manitoba. Manitoba Conservation and Climate, uh, they've been funding a, a pilot program for the collection of agricultural plastics for several years. And uh, just recently, they've signaled that they want that program to be a permanent uh, stewardship program 
So we've we've actually submitted a program plan to the ministry uh, just in the past couple of months, and we're waiting for for final approval of that. But uh, you know, pending approval, it means that those pilot programs will be available uh, across the province to every grower. Uh, you know, basically to to expand and, and ensure that the the programs are accessible to to everyone, and uh, that we can collect. Well, you know, we'll, we'll try to collect 100% of all of the uh, the ag plastics that are out there in Manitoba. So it's a great time for for Manitoba growers to, to get in tune with um, the sustainability programs that are are happening. I just wanted to touch a little bit on the on the livestock side of things as well. Um, you know, talk about some of the items you're collecting there. Yeah, so for the livestock, uh, you know, we've got several programs geared towards livestock uh, uh, producers. Number one would be our obsolete uh, pesticide and livestock medication collection program. That's a, that's a program that's been running for a long time, and it runs uh, every three years in each province. So Manitoba, we just completed, I believe it was last year. So, uh, you know, we've got a schedule up on our website, and uh, growers can, if they've got old and unwanted medications, they can hold on to them until the next time we're in town, and they can get rid of those for free. Um, the other programs that we've got in place are uh, basically uh, the other ag plastics that uh, that livestock producers use. So thinking bale wrap, silage film, silage tarp, silage bags, uh, and as well baler twine. Um, now, all of these different uh, materials are accepted through through programs uh, throughout the the province and throughout the prairies in different capacities. Some are in pilot stage, some are transferring to uh, to permanent programs, but at the end of the day, our vision at Clean Farms uh, and for Canadian agriculture is really to have zero plastic waste on farm. So all of these different materials, if it's a plastic that's used on farm, it's in our sites uh, and things are rolling out, uh, you know, over the, the course of the years as, as governments are, are tuning in to the conversations that are happening on farm about these wastes and uh, municipalities, um, you know, uh, contribute to the conversation as well about what's ending up in landfill and what we can divert to to end uses other than landfill, of course. If farmers want to find out more, um, where can they go for that information? Definitely. Uh, they should head over to cleanfarms.ca. There's a lot of information on our website, uh, you know, a couple clicks based on what uh, where you're located, whether it's in Manitoba or other provinces. All of our different programs are listed there, along with, most importantly, our contact information. So if anybody has any questions and they can't find the information on the website, Always reach out to one of us. We're a small team, and we've always got people ready to uh, answer the phones. And if we're already on the phone, we'll we'll definitely give a a call back. That was Shane Hederson, Western Region Business Manager with Clean Farms. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen-Vossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening, and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Women in Agriculture and Food is hosting an egg chat May 24th. Visit the MWAF website for details on how to join the session. Manitoba Pork is offering an online workshop titled, What Can Biosecurity Software Offer My Farm? That'll take place Tuesday, May 25th, starting at 1.30 p.m. 4-H Manitoba is hosting a video contest on now until the end of the month. The contest gives Manitoba members and clubs a chance to showcase what they're doing this year. 
Visit the 4-H Manitoba website to register. And Canada's Farm Show is going virtual this year, June 16th and 17th. Go to canadasfarmshow.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon. Total seeding progress in Manitoba is sitting at about 75% complete. Golden West reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Boisevain area farmer Darren Peters yesterday. Well, I would say it's gone a little bit better than expected. Um, where stubble was left untouched, uh, we could uh, we think we got most of the seed into moisture and things have started growing. So um, it's it's been borderline, no doubt, but uh, but it has progressed pretty good. And how about the canola seed? Uh, started with your canola yet? We just started yesterday with our canola. Um, so it's going a little deeper than we normally would, but um, but I think it'll it'll come through. It's a pretty resilient plant. How badly is moisture needed, Darren? Yeah, we're we're getting to the stage where it's pretty important. Uh, thankfully, in this area, there is still a, a reasonable subsoil uh, moisture there, but uh, but the plants sure like to have the moisture at the top too there, and and anywhere where tillage was done. Um, it, it needs it to get, get going. It's uh, quite dry. And percentage-wise, how far along are you with your entire uh, seeding operation this spring? Uh, we have a lot of crops that uh, can be seeded early in the cool weather this year. So we're uh, probably touching on 80% here already, um, just getting into our, our uh, canola and our edible beans that uh, need some warmer soils. That was Darren Peters, a farmer in the Boisevain area, chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Earlier this morning, I caught up with Larry Newman, who farms near Emerson. We just wrapped up yesterday. Uh, last night finished with the, uh, with the soybeans. And uh, I think everybody is, is fairly close to wrapping up. There's some canola and I guess some edible beans to go in yet. But I think, I think it's uh, close close to the uh, wrapping up for, for most people. Sitting at uh, May 19th here, is that early to, to be finished? Or Yes, it is. For us, it's, uh, it's fairly early. It's Every year varies, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's on the earlier side. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, just soil moisture and, and how dry it is in that area. Well, the top two inches or so are, are extremely dry, this powdery dry there seems to be moisture a little further down uh small seeds canola and and uh, that type of thing was was uh, pretty tough to get get to the moisture but uh subsoil isn't just too terribly bad it's it's not real wet but at least there's some some moisture there but the the top is is just terribly terribly dry did you have to sort of adjust your uh, seeding depth to get down to that moisture on any any of your crops, or uh, a little bit, maybe with the canola, is, uh, you know, just a touch deeper than than we would have liked it. Uh, and uh, uh, other than that, it wasn't too bad. They're calling for rain here. Talk about how that how that's needed. Oh, it's uh, it's needed uh, quite badly right now. If we if we could get uh, you know, a nice rain to, to soak up those, uh, you know, the first powdery top, a couple inches that are so dry. I think we'd uh, we'd be off to a to a real real good start then. But uh, as long as you know, as long as it doesn't uh, uh, come 
too fast and too hard. What about uh, you know weeds or insects? Anything showing up yet? Or uh, not not too bad for uh, for weeds, insects. Uh, the flea beetles have been have been out. I don't have any canola that's emerged yet, but just uh, seeding the beans and that, that we'd have, you could see uh, flea beetles on the on the windshield of the tractor. So they're they're definitely out there, just waiting waiting for the canola to come up. Are there crops uh, starting to come up that you seeded a little bit earlier? Or? Yeah, we have wheat that's up and uh, and oats that's coming up now. So uh, it looks to be fairly uniform, but again, it, it could sure use it could sure use a rain. That was Emerson area farmer Larry Newman chatting earlier this morning. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Pulse Canada is monitoring the situation with India closely. Jeff English is Vice President of Marketing and Communications. There has been speculation for a while now that India may be in a position to start moving some of its tariffs related to lentils. You know, certainly something that our industry is watching with particular interest. We did see over the weekend some movement on the policy front with respect to um, pigeon peas and, and mung beans, certainly not crops that Canada deals with, but we have seen some pressure, I think, on the Indian marketplace. We're keeping a close eye to see how and if that will impact Canadian lentils. And watching what's happening in the cattle markets has been very frustrating for producers when they look at what's going on at the wholesale price level. Market analyst Ann Wasco says U.S. wholesale price choice cutout levels are at the second highest levels we've ever seen, higher only when packing plants were shut down or slowed down during COVID, which was a supply issue. This isn't a supply issue. This is um, more cattle than there is um, hook space, generally speaking, in the U.S., and certainly that has meant big margins for for packers and uh, we haven't seen cattle prices uh, at the feedlot or at the producer level you know moving in step with that so that it's a it's a frustrating time when you see one piece of the market moving faster than the other she notes even though the demand story is good you've got the high feed costs stronger canadian dollar and then packer margins I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.